What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, all you dog-loving peeps out there. Tom Davis here, America's canine educator. Welcome to the No Bad Dogs podcast, the podcast where we love, live, and of course, work with dogs. Just wanted to say thank you guys so much for the support. As always, we have been on the top 20 uh, Apple uh, podcasting platform for what we do for a long time now. So um, thank you guys so much for the support. Thank you for listening, commenting. Uh, reviewing means so much to me. Today we have an episode where uh, it's one of my onlines, and I know I haven't, I didn't put anything out last week, guys, because I just was just hammered with stuff. I didn't do any onlines because I was so busy, and so today we did an online, and it was a, it's a great topic about, hey, I have this dog that we adopted that's feral, pretty much um, gets along good with all the other dogs, but. Um, he attacks the other dogs during certain situations of food delivery or whatever. Somebody makes a mistake, puts food on the ground. Um, how do we fix it? It's a big dog. There's multiple dogs in the household. We're going to be talking about picking the right board and train program. We're going to be talking about picking the right uh, e-collar program. We're also going to be talking about dog training certifications and what to, what to be looking for and, more importantly, what not to be looking for. Um, so it's a good episode altogether with a lot of good information about dogs and how to overcome a lot of different issues using this template. So um, before I get into that, do I want to say thank you to my sponsors over at Dogtra. Dogtra, as you guys know, is the e-collar I use in all my YouTube videos as well as talk about here on the podcast. And thank you also to my friends over at Herm Springer. Herm Springer, you guys know, is the best, most quality-made training collars outside of e-collars because they don't do e-collars that you can get made in Germany. Um, it's the best of the best, as you guys know, and I, I just want to say thank you. Big thank you to them for supporting me and uh, teaming up with me and, and, and creating content and, and delivering the message of how important tools can be for dog owners who are not equipped with natural abilities to work with animals. So anyway, so thank you, Dogtra. Thank you, Herm Springer. As you guys know, if you spend $200 or more on Dogtra.com, you can receive 10% off using the discount code NBD10. Stands for No Bad Dogs 10. That's for you. I get absolutely nothing back from that. It's just for you to, to receive a little bit of discount off because you guys support me, and it's just a beautiful thing. So let's get into this podcast, guys. Here we go. 
Um, okay, so I I read uh, your email, and um, do you want to just <clears throat> you want to just run it run it down really quick for me again? Yeah, so we adopted Baines a couple years ago, um, almost two years ago. He was ten months old. A rescue that we get. Um, we have we have four other dogs, two females, two males. One of them is quite a bit older. He's almost 10. Um, and I guess over the last year, he's been getting into fights. Um, the first one happened when we were out of town and the dog sitter like threw a treat between the two of them mm. and he kind of, they had like a fight then. And then, um, there was another incident with our other male dog who's only like five, pretty submissive personality that was pretty like short and wasn't really a big deal. Um, but then he did get into another fight, um, maybe three or four months ago with the oldest dog, um, over some wrappers that I was like getting out of the car. And then, um, most recently at my parents' house with my mom's oldest male dog, there was an empty food bowl that they got into a fight over. Um, okay. the last ones have been pretty serious where I've had to like take them to the vet to get like stitches and stuff like that. Um, he does never really get injured with it. Um, it's pretty hard to break him up cause he's just like, so just very dominant and doesn't really, it's like, he's so zoned in that you can't like distract him away from the situation. Okay. Now he's a, is he a great Dane? He's a great Dane mix. Okay. So he's a big boy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you said his name is Baines. Yep. B-A-N-E-S. B-A-Y-N-E-S. Got it. Okay. All right, so, and he is how old? He is, he'll be three roughly in October. Okay, so he's three, and you have three other dogs? We have four other dogs. Okay, so you have five altogether? Yeah. Okay, got it. All right, so Baines, is Baines the only one that's that's causing, like, a... like uh, a fight and stuff. Yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Okay. So yeah. is he is he intact? Is he fixed? No. He's not. Or he, he's fixed. He's fixed. Yeah. He's fixed. Not okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Uh. All right. So it seems like so what I try to do is like an investigation. I try to figure yeah. out okay what's going on. Um. And you've had him since you've had him since a puppy or or you adopted him. Um, we adapted him. They were like out in like swamps, him and like three other siblings for a while before the rescue organization was able to like catch them. Ah, um, how old? Yeah. How old? Uh, he was, they think around 10 months when we actually got okay. him. That makes a little bit more sense. So yeah, yeah obviously, you know, having a f- dogs are even dogs that are born like in a whelping box or somebody bred them are still animals. And then we kind of mm-hmm. domesticate them, you know, quickly. Right. We're like, Hey, this is, you know, even with wolves, like, you know, some of the wolves that I worked with, they were, you know, they're born pure wolf, but we, we handle them as humans. We treat them, you know, we feed them on time. They don't really hunt for their own food. So they still uh-huh. have like these skittish behaviors, but they're still, you know, kind of feral. And so with dogs, it's, it's very similar. I mean, they're, they're, mm-hmm. especially if, if you have a real dog that really, who knows really what happened exactly, but, was right. li- was living, you know, in a swamp for almost the first year of their whole life. I mean, right. you have to kind of expect some of these feral tendencies to happen. So it, it does make <laughs> sense because the next question was, is it seems like every single fight has probably created off of 
some sort of high value. So food, right. wrappers, potential food, treats. Right. Okay. So that's good because we have a known trigger. So known triggers okay. are good because the real problem or I guess the bigger problems that I usually deal with are no triggers. Those are really tough because yeah. you don't, what are you going to do? I mean, it's like, oh, mm -hmm. we don't know. It just, it's random, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. So we have a known trigger, which is going to be food. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a resource of, of that. And then mm -hmm. that can even transfer to other things, you know, down the line possibly. But it, yeah. so, so the good thing is, is it makes sense. Okay. You know, so we're getting the dog that was fought for his food, fight, you know, you either die or you eat, um, mm -hmm. which is very primal. It's very real it happens. That's, that's how they're kind of hardwired anyway. And then right. now you're like, okay, now you're bringing that animal into the house and you're like, Hey, you don't have to act like that. But of course, yeah. because they don't understand English, it doesn't, doesn't work like that. You know, yeah. it's yeah. like adopting a kid that literally lived, you know, it reminds me of a movie, like a kid living in like, you know, alien or something like that. And you try to mm -hmm. tran you know, transfer them to like society and they're like freaked out. So it's yeah. kind of like that. Um, all right. So what have you done so far to, I mean, besides obviously not, not setting them up for any triggers. And, and I know that the triggers can be very subtle because like right. food wrappers in a car is something that normally dogs wouldn't be like, oh, we're about to get fed. I mean, that's very, yeah. so are there, is there anything else that you guys have done either proactively or exercises um, you've done or training? Obviously like, you know, no tossing treats, food. Right now we're living with my parents who, cause we're building a house. So while that's being built and they have two dogs, one of the incidences was with their dog, just wandering back to the room where we feed them. And so, and the bowl was on the floor, but empty and mm -hmm. it was our, you know, later between a meal. So it's like picking up the food, you know, we don't leave the food bowls out. We feed him separately from the other ones. And, you know, my parents feed their dogs and on the lower level of the house to just try and keep all of that, you know, separated. Um, so mainly and like if we're carrying around food or, you know, giving the other dog medicine, anytime that we've got food like that around, we are very careful with him. Um, and that's kind of what we've done so far is just trying to anticipate things that might trigger him and just keeping him away from the situation. Um, we don't really have any, um, there's not, we're from a pretty small town. So there's not a lot of like training places. Like we did like puppy obedience school with him. He's, a, I mean, otherwise a pretty good dog, mm -hmm. like pretty laid back. Um, the only other like issue that we know of or have observed that we're unsure of if it's related is like, if we're out walking with all the dogs and the other dogs are barking at another dog, he will like nip at our mm -hmm. other dog. And I don't know if that's like, a yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It just sounds to me like, um, it's all that makes sense. Uh, it just sounds to me like he doesn't have, um, maybe enough structure. So, okay. so it sounds to me that he's kind of like, he's, he's, he's making decisions. Like he's not, looking at you before he does things he's like hey i got this so yeah makes sense yeah. i mean okay. confident dog i mean imagine like literally chasing mice and eating garbage and living you know and sleeping under certain things to survive and then getting into mm -hmm. this life he's like telling everybody else like hey you know, what are you doing shut up like stop bark like he's policing a bit you know yeah. and so okay. he, so he and 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 of course like if he played a huge role in that pack like with the three other siblings yeah. And he was, you know, whatever role that that is. I try not to get into that too much because it, it's 
it's it's real, but it's also it's fabricated a lot of times. But but there is you know roles for sure that if you're living out in the wild that that animals have in general. And so you know if he played a certain role, and then now he's in with these now seven other dogs, including mm-hmm. your parents. You know, yeah. he's you know he's setting his setting his uh, setting his tone here. He's like, hey, this is <laughs> this is how things are gonna go. And of course, being big, I'm sure he's bigger or probably one of the biggest out of all of them. Yeah. yeah. So, and and that doesn't really uh, that doesn't really mean anything. But I mean, the other dogs, you know, may be maybe intimidated by him. I guess is what I'm saying. So he can yeah. take take leverage of that, or he could have played the lowest totem pole of of all of them in the, in the last pack he was in in a feral mm-hmm. environment, and now he's like, okay, now I'm big dog, and yeah. no, nobody's stepping up because everyone else is living the luxurious life of being domesticated in a house, yeah. you know? So I think that that's really like the core of okay. where a lot of this is probably stemming from. So okay. obviously how do we get better? How do we progress and how do we make things better? So what I, especially having a, a, a young child, um, mm-hmm. more because children are messy you know they're throwing food they're tipping their dishes they're whatever so that's going to be something that you're going to have to play closer attention to as as your child gets older Mm -hmm. so what i would be doing is really setting a tone with baines and making sure that he has some sort of extracurriculum structure okay so that means working with him separately and okay you know, doing basic obedience. So obedience generally is always right under relationship. I would rather have a good relationship uh-huh. with, with a dog than having them. Because the easiest part is the, the obedience part. But the relationship is hard. You have to work at it. So I would be really making sure that you're you're doing things every day with him. You're taking him out. You're putting him into a sit before you walk out the door. You're let it, You're breaking him. Um, you're healing him, you're, um, placing him. And, and of course, all of these things are also probably going to be done in the beginning without, without the other dogs kind of around. And I know that may be difficult with, with that many other dogs, but just taking him out separately to just build that relationship and trust and bond with you and, um, and maybe Brad as well to just say, Hey, like you don't have to, because I don't necessarily think he's like, hey, I I have to take control over this pack. I don't think that that's what you're dealing with. I think you're dealing with okay. a dog that literally, if he didn't fight for his food, he would not eat, and so he's mm-hmm. that's what you're dealing with. But I also mm-hmm. think that there is an opportunity for you to go in and kind of wire that differently to say, hey, whoa, 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 you're first of all, you're gonna eat. Second of all, sit down and you know stop being. So if you so you want to eliminate a lot of the things that will trigger this type of behavior so okay you know chaotic type stuff by the door funnels um so i call them funnels so basically like you have seven dogs or even five dogs once you move mm-hmm. going out one tiny you know 12 by whatever door yeah and that'll create a lot of tension and frustration and redirection and like stuff like that okay um so just making sure that if you're not going to do training with all the other dogs and make sure that you can say hey you you know you have to wait for me or whatever you at least need to do training with him okay separately but i would suggest doing this separately because you don't want him to get ticked off at the other dogs because he's having to sit and wait and you know be mm-hmm. patient and all the other dogs are doing whatever they want 
So yep. I don't, I don't, I, I guess what I'm saying is, is practicing this outside of some of the routines that you normally would do every day, but start, start to get into a routine where, um, just adding a little bit more structure with the dogs in the pack so he doesn't f- get triggered. Okay. Um, working on a place command would be beneficial for him. Working on a leave it command is going to be beneficial for him and recall. So those three things will help counter potential triggers of, of um, you know, aggression, I guess, if you will. So okay. that means, oh, say there's, you know, whatever. I mean, anything, literally anything. You need to be able to say, hey, Baines, do this. And he's like, okay, fine. And it's not a matter of, hey, do this for food. Or it's not a matter of, hey, do this because there's nothing else going on. It's like... If baby throws uh, Twinkie across the room, all the dogs go for it, and you know Baines is on his way, you're like, okay, this could be. I'm just painting a picture, and yeah, yeah, you know, copy and paste Twinkie with anything, you know, anything mm-hmm. um, of interest, and you need to be able to say Baines come, because so it's is it fair? Not really, because the other dogs are gonna go, but also he's the one who gets nasty, so he's the one who's causing pain and uh, frustration with the other dogs, costing you money, you know. Yeah. So you need to be able to really control that variable as much as you can okay does that make sense yeah definitely so working on recall working on place sending him away you know so Mm -hmm. you're carrying in groceries you're doing this you're doing that you're cooking dinner whatever if you're like okay i'm cooking dinner uh, you know and and i saute something and something flies off the pan and four dogs five dogs six dogs seven dogs are standing next to me because that's what dogs do and you're Mm -hmm. busy being you know raising an infant and you're like okay there's a little bit more um priorities here with you know taking care of children and um, yeah so, so making sure you're saying, okay, you six, four, five dogs, I don't really care about because you're not going to make each other bleed if something hits mm-hmm. the floor. Baines, right. you go to your place. But I don't, this isn't, uh, you know, yeah, well, also, too, you're going to make a bad decision. I'm not going to set up and potentially have my other dogs get hurt because right. you, you know, grew up on the streets. <laughs> so, so there's a little empathy in there, too, making sure that you're not also teasing him and yeah. You know, but so you have to, you, you know, that's up to you. That's a parenting thing that you'll have to make sure that you're not um, singling him out, but also just saying, hey, I'm going to set up this whole dang house up for success yeah. by removing the potential risk. Yeah. Okay. With obedience, making it fun. Baines, go to your place. He goes to his place, which is going to be like an elevated bed somewhere away from, you know, not necessarily in a different room, but if you're in your kitchen, so you go to your place, and it's in the other room, the dining room, the kitchen, uh, the living room. He goes there. Okay. You go, and you pay him a little bit of food. You say stay. You work on your stay, and then you go do whatever you're going to do that potentially could make you know, a riskful situation happen, mm-hmm. as okay. well as having people. Friend, you guys are oh, – I'm building a house too, so I know it's like an exciting thing. When you yeah. finally get it done, you're going to want to have people over and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, right, so you're out, and you're – you're hanging out and there's food dropping potentially and there's all that stuff and the dogs dogs are smart you know they're hounding away so you say okay there's a lot going on you know people are passing the baby around they're checking out the new house whatever right Baines this is probably not like the best idea for you to just be having free range around the house waiting for something to fall and of course the other dogs are going to try to get it and if you have yeah. six other <laughs> dogs that are all going after the same thing and they're all like yeah whatever you got it but Baines is like I'll kill you give it to me yeah removing him putting him in the other room is totally totally okay and I think uh, yeah. appropriate um okay. so I think 
I guess I guess my point is is don't feel bad and don't feel like you're you're avoiding you are avoiding the situation, but it's the safest, most humane thing to do in a situation like that. Yeah. Okay. And that and we've kind of been doing that too. Just if like both of us are gone, um, you know, Vans goes in the kennel, and you know, mom and dad, you guys cannot yep. be letting them out because you know they're just we've been trying language and just keep the situation you know as low risk as possible so i think he's he's doing okay with that now when we just you know remove him from the situation but yeah it's like okay we can't just you know it's not Mm -hmm. fair to him to have him in his kennel forever either when exactly every time we do something exactly and that's what i was going to say is like you know and mom and dad aren't it's not their you know responsibility either to right you know wrangle around six other dogs or whatever so So, you know, just being, um, just being empathetic of that, you know, like bringing, you know, Baines, okay, Baines, you're going to have to go in your, you know, we're having people over later, Baines, Saturday night, we're going to have people over, whatever. I'm going to bring you for a long walk today so we can, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that, making it fair for him. That's what I did. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, I, I, I've, I've had a kind of grueling schedule this summer. Um, and I know that I'm like, okay, I have to, I'm literally going to be working from nine to nine today. So my mm-hmm. dogs, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to wake up a little earlier, get them what they need, and I know that during those days, you yeah. know. So yeah. same thing with you guys in your schedule, just mm-hmm. cutting that time out, carving that time out to say, okay, Baines, you're gonna probably gonna be in your crate or you're gonna be in your whatever, and 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 just make it fair. Extra exercise, um, and then also just setting, I think, management with the people. So the um, mm-hmm. the dog walker, the pet sitter, your mom and dad, or whatever your situation is, and just say, hey, mm-hmm. look. Here's the thing is, you know, Bane is, this is what I need you guys to do. I'm the same way with my dogs. Like my St. Bernard, he's 11. He's intact. He's been around thousands of dogs, you know, throughout my career. Mm-hmm. Um, he's lived with me my entire 20s, you know, so that's where I built my career. And um, he uh, he's over it. He doesn't like other dogs anymore. He doesn't know, <laughs> you know, and I know that. So for yeah. me, like with my, he's 150 pounds, even though he's 11, he's powerful. So with mm-hmm. my mom, I'm very strict. I'm like, if you're bringing him outside, that gate is shut. It's locked. You're not opening the gate. You're paying attention. You know, if you're bringing him out on the leash, he's he's on his prong collar so you can control him because he's bigger mm-hmm. than you, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. So just really making sure that there's there's ground rules to the people who are ultimately, because that's yeah. my always my always big worry is yeah I'll do yeah. I'll do my job. I yeah. just have to make sure that I'm clear with other people. Mm-hmm. Same thing with, mm-hmm. you know, my employees too. They're yeah. dealing, you know, in daycare and stuff. I'm like, hey, look, this is your job. Don't let this happen. Don't let this happen. Okay. It's your job. Pay attention. You have, you know, so just making yeah. sure that you're clear with your, with the people who are going to help you, you know, take care of them as well. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, any other questions or anything? Hmm. Advice on breaking fights. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. So, um, great question. You know, dog fights can be, especially if you don't work. Even for me, I, you know, I've, I've, I, I study animals and I, I love dogs and I've been around a lot of, you know, behavior before and it's, it's, it can get kind of, um, violent quick. Yeah. And it sounds violent. And sometimes mm-hmm. it is, but a lot of times it's not. It's just, you know, there's teeth everywhere and they're not even touching each other, you know. Yeah. Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. But you have to think fast. So if you get a dog that is latched on to another dog, yeah, the best thing to do 
I mean, all, so there's there's a couple different things, okay? So if if the dog is latched onto another dog and the dog is small, I mean, and I know that this is like like microing this down, but I want to go through it because yeah, you know, it's important. That. Yeah. So if you get a like a big dog like like Bane's and there's smaller dogs involved, you got to control the head. So he's latched on. So dogs don't like try to eat other dogs. If they're serious about something, they'll either try to kill it or they will try to just correct it. So the correction is usually just they're not latching on. They're they're just like a prong collar, like bang, like really quick, yeah. just quick and 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 you're trying to disrupt what they're doing. They won't latch on. They just bang. And sometimes, you know, there could be wounds from that because it's it's fast, it's hard. Yeah. You know. But then other times there's dogs that grab dogs and latch on and just try to kill them. That's just, especially with Banes, it wouldn't surprise me if he just killed another dog and just laid right next to it, like, like act like it never happened. Because, yeah. you know, dogs are, we have to, like, they're animals. Mm-hmm. So we look at them as family members, which is good and bad, you know, because mm-hmm. we, we yeah. when something happens, like, there's a lot of people who just, like, think their dogs are never going to pass away. And they live their life of like, please don't. And it's like, it's going to happen. I don't know what your, mm-hmm. you know, just what your mindset is making this situation a lot worse. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. so same thing, you know, like, hey, I love you. And this is our life. I'm going to enjoy the crap out of it while you're here. But with, mm-hmm. with dogs who latch on, just controlling that head. So just kind of grabbing the head, making sure they can't shake. So if you get a small dog and he grabs it, the first thing you do is instead of try to, because the second, the second thing is, is if a dog's just latched on, you pull their back legs out. So mm-hmm. you just grab their back legs and just pull them right out, and it and it. I've never had that not work. I don't. I don't. Mm-hmm. In your situation, I don't know. Every situation is different, but in my situations with dogs who are really aggressive and they're serious about it, and they latch on and they're just trying to kill. Um, best thing to do is just pull their back legs out because they try to regrip, re grip basically, and they let go. Okay. So that's the best thing to do that I have found. Um, some people do water, some people do shake cans and all that stuff. But if a dog makes a decision to actually go all in, none of that shit's going to work. Right. They're not going to care about any of that. You can bang, you can bang them with a hammer on the top of the head. They don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's kind of what we're, we ran into with Baines with the last two is that he had a hold of like the head or the, you know, side of the, and it was like, okay, we cannot get him apart. Yeah. Yeah, So sorry, Brad, go ahead. Yeah. I could have lifted him up and he would have. Carried the other dog with him, and right. the other dog, eighty pounds as well. I mean, it's... right. So uh, there's a couple. I'm gonna keep going through some things because this is a good, okay. good conversation. Um, so the back legs is usually like my go-to. If 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 it's like that pin and like pissed off, like Ur! not this prey-driven, like shake you, kill you, like groundhog, yeah. rabbit type thing. Yeah. Um, but if it is a smaller dog, that's the first thing I do is I control the the because they just snap. They just snap necks. I mean, they literally yeah. bang and then it's done. Um, so that's the first thing I do is like, okay, there's a big dog this is a small dog. I just grab their, I literally just, just put them in a headlock so they can't shake. And then I just, you know, try to calm the situation down. Cause typically dogs, canines will just go in and they just sit there and they hold and they're growling yeah. and they're like, right. And you're just holding and the other dog is freaking. So you gotta, I've been, I've, the only time I've really been bit to a point where I had to go and imagine that's all I do is aggressive dogs Yeah. ever. Um, is another dog trying to get away from a dog fight? It's the only yep. time. Yep. I, yeah, that's the only time I've that's, really been bit. Yep. Mm-hmm. Every time I get bit by the other dog. Yeah. Exactly. Bane's the first one. Because they're yeah. trying to they're trying to bite. You know. Yep. So, so 
there's that um, of like, you know, in that situation. But if, if it's a latch on situation, just grab his back legs and just rip them out from underneath them. And typically they, they, they regrip. And then you okay. have the opportunity to kind of pull them away. I've never had that not work, but it, okay. it's, it's possible for it to not. The other thing you can do, um, you know, that I, that I, because I work with, you know, certain police departments too sometimes is uh, just a bite bar, which is uh, this little like almost keychain looking thing. And again, like this is, I don't know, I, I, I'm just giving, I'm going a little bit in depth here, but you can get them. Well, for, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, I, I mean, I'm down for you to go in depth because even like <laughs> the wheelbarrow, um, yeah, like really. So, so there, yeah, yeah. So there's a bite bar um, that basically it's like a, it kind of looks like a little bar key almost, um, and and it and so what police use them for is when you get it like when we train dogs to like you know really dig in and like we've been training for years and then they finally get something like that or whatever and they 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 don't let go. This little bite bar, I can um I can send you the link, okay, um, and you can check it out. But basically, you just put it in. And you pull it back, and it hits like their thing, and not their um, it doesn't go like in their throat. It it really there's like a piece of their, I don't know for sure what it does, but it, you pull it back, and there's like this there's like little trigger that it hits on every dog, and then they let go. Oh, okay. So you you put it in, and you just pull it back, and then they let go. So that's okay. what like a lot of police agencies use. They they put it right on their keychain, and mm-hmm. if and if they ever got into like an apprehensive, and you could imagine the adrenaline that oh, yeah. goes and they're just like nope i'm not letting go i'm obsessed yeah. i've been waiting all my life for this moment yeah. you know so i'll send you that link for the bite bar and that okay. always works too it's just a little but they call it a key or whatever they just go boop and they and then the dog lets go immediately okay. and th- then they try to regrip but that's a good thing to to have um and i would say you know if it's something that you guys are really worried about i would say buy one put it somewhere centralized in your house and if mm-hmm. something god forbid happens again you have a plan to say go get that you're hold yeah. you're calm you know you're as calm as possible your dog's latched on but he's not shaking you're just holding his head you put that in bang and then that's it okay. i mean easier said than done right if it's outside yeah. or if it's in the front yard or in you know whatever but i mean if you have that because i've had people say you know they've they, the dog is latched on for a long time and they won't let yeah. go Big, yeah. you know, big terriers, pit bulls, Connie Corsos, dogs, Rotties, big dogs who are just are powerful, you know, mm-hmm. that's easy. Um, so there's that. Um, and then, of course, just being proactive. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, whereabouts do you guys live? Uh, we're in Iowa, Dubuque, Iowa. Okay. So I would say, you know, the other thing that you guys can do, what I would suggest, so if you guys were standing in front of me now and you said, hey, this is this is a really big problem. Um, one thing to proactively do too is you can just use a remote collar as well, mm-hmm. so you can correct a dog proactively before something happens. So you have you have a couple different. I mean, we can be real human beings and talk about the seriousness of this dog, or we can say, yeah, but you can also just scream at the dog really loud until they get scared and run away. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we can be realistic here. So the 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 e collar will help you too. Like if you get into a situation, um, and you know. Uh, say, say, it's just up to you. I mean, for for me, it's like, that's what I would suggest. I say, hey, let's train this dog in the e-collar so he understands and responds to some off-leash stuff and he understands that you can touch him uh, throughout the house and it does, it's not corrective, it's not aversive, but it certainly can be if he decides to, you know, like, so here's what I'm thinking as far as counter-conditioning obedience. Um, 
you know, something falls in your backyard, a squirrel or a rabbit or whatever, and they mm-hmm. go after it, and you say, Bane's come, and he's like, nope, and then you know, okay, this could potentially turn into a fight, and then mm-hmm. you can punish him for not recalling, which then mm-hmm. ultimately will save thousands of dollars of the vet bill of a fight or a yeah. death or whatever and the stress. And so for me, it's like I'd rather correct a dog for less than a half a second really quickly to diverge mm-hmm. them off of something that could potentially kill one of my other dogs. So yeah. that's that's yeah. that's what I would do too. Do you think that would trigger him? Um, Great question. What, so Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. So the redirection of like the punishment could piss him off and and frustrate mm-hmm. him even more. So again, like this is something that you're going to be doing based off of being proactive. So mm-hmm. you see something happen and you're like this could potentially trigger him. I'm going to recall him first before he gets into a situation I have to correct him for not trying to eat the other dog. Mm-hmm. So I think yes because ultimately you're not going to be correcting him immediately. You're going to be practicing this Bane's come. He decides to flip you off. You're correcting him for not recalling. You're not correcting him yet for trying to go after another dog. So it's an entirely Mm -hmm. different state of mind mentally for the dog. So they're chasing something. They may be into it, but they're not into like this, this is mine. If I don't eat, I'll die situation just yet. And so you say Bane's come and then you correct them. And then even sometimes too, dogs don't see certain things, right? So Bane's is chilling and baby throws green beans on the ground and all of a sudden beans kind of sniffs his nose and you're cook one of you is cooking the other one's feeding the baby whatever and then all of a sudden so your your relationship with the dog off leash has changed where you have more control because you've practiced it for months and months and months where you say beans come and he says i don't want to and he's used to and conditioned to getting punished if he doesn't comply which therefore will help your ultimate relationship off leash okay so ultimately it's about you know, dogs who aren't trained off leash on a wireless collar, can you do it? Absolutely. Do people do it every day? Sure. But the problem is, is, you know, when I put out training videos and there's people saying you could do it, it's not about what you can do under realistic, like easy peasy stuff. Like all of that is easy. And I think people don't realize that it's like, okay, what if a deer runs through here? What if a rabbit runs through here? What if a rabbit crosses the street? Then what are you going to do? That's what we, I train for reality. I don't train for how I think dogs were ultimately live their life in a fairy tale bubble. It's no shit's going to happen. And I have to make sure that I'm prepared for that. Right. So I guess to answer your question, Brad, is it's going to be a little bit more about proactively teaching a dog that he's going to get punished if he doesn't comply off leash before he gets into that state of mind of, of primal pack mentality kill before I kill thing. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So it's just it's just proactive counter conditioning with obedience to say this could probably be a problem, but before the dog enters that state of mind, I'm just gonna retract him away from that situation with a recall. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's a great question. Great question. But um but I but but to that to that point, you could certainly if you're not careful and you're using it only as an aversive and you're only putting it on to correct a dog, he can certainly become um anxious with it he can certainly become more aggressive with it of course but we're, you yeah. know, i wouldn't suggest introducing it that way and um right you know and that's the that's the thing about the remote collar is is there's there's more ways you can do wrong with it than doing it right the first time with somebody who knows what mm-hmm. they're doing so yeah. i have a ton of um videos on that as well okay so i, I don't know i i just would say like i i want to give you my insight on Ultimately, if you're like, hey, you know, it'd be great is if we can 
just control him off leash better so he doesn't enter these situations or he doesn't have the opportunity. And I would agree because it's not fair to your other dogs either to have this. Because you get all these dogs that are like, I'm just picturing like a Disney movie of like all these other dogs that are like perfect and calm and like submissive. And then you got, you, you adopted the big bad wolf off the streets and they're like, oh God, you know? And then he's like, you know, he acts differently. So, you, so for me, it would be about, okay, well, let's train this dog very fun and positively and, and what, whatever on, on the e-collar to make our mm-hmm. off-leash control like snappy as hell. Um, yeah. And then that way we're more proactive. So if you say, Baines, leave it or come, and he's not going to be like, what are you going to do about it? Versus him going like, oh, we've practiced this for the last six months. I know yeah. what you can do off-leash. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So then I guess our probably like starting point would probably be best to – like, because the obedience class that we took him to, like, did not use an e-collar. And I guess I'm just, like, I don't want to be that person that uses it inappropriately or right. isn't using it at the right time. So, like. Yeah. I think. Someone, like, locally to do training with, is there, like, certain certifications that you recommend us looking into or. Not necessarily because the dog training industry is so gray. It's a very mm-hmm. unrestricted thing, especially in the United States, which is good and bad. Um, like I'm not people who hate tools. Well, the only thing that they ever use against me, even though I change behaviors and I, you know, raise money for dogs and I donate my time and whatever will say, you know, you're not certified because I'm not, but I also certified dog trainers for colleges because of my experience. So the dog training, so the thing about dog training is you go to school and they say, okay, give us $20,000 in four years of your life. Now go spend six months with somebody who's actually working with dogs in order to actually put the icing on the cake. So we're not talking science. We're not talking medicine. We're not talking getting surgery done. That takes years of reading books and, you right. know, exp- you know, we're talking animals. You either have it or you don't. It's a very craft-like thing like Van Halen or Robert Plant or Jimmy Page or Elvis. It's like, wh- where did they go to school? Where did they? I want to know, you know, did they go to New York City for? No, 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 no. These guys are good at what they do because they were born mm-hmm. with it. And dogs in training is the same way. Experience. So I, so I just wanted, I, I just wanted to, I always have to put that in there that it, it does, you're not necessarily looking for certifications, especially with remote collar training because there's no real classes that says okay. you're a certified e-collar. There are certainly classes you can take with it. But, yeah. So I would say um, look at reviews. Look mm-hmm. at um, uh, content is always nice to say like, hey, do you have 100 or 200 or 300 videos of you doing exactly what I want to get done? Okay, that, mm-hmm. that tells me something good. Um, and then as well as just making sure that it makes sense to you, I think is the most important thing. So mm-hmm. you're going to look into their, their programs and you're going to say, okay, this make because people can take that tool and use it however they want and manipulate because they're their only shop in town, you know? Right. So if they're the only show and around, then that's all you got. Yeah. So I think, um, I would say I have a, I have probably 10 really good e-collar videos on introduction from start to finish. Okay. Um, I just did one two weeks ago with a lab puppy on how the timing works and everything. So I want you to get a good idea of like how I do it. Uh, it's been very successful and then uh-huh. start shopping around and saying, Hey, how do you use the collar and things like that? Okay. Um, okay. and then, um, yeah. And, and that's why you said like you live in a, in an area where you may not have access to somebody who lives in New York city or Boston or whatever, yeah. where they have a hundred trainers and you can kind of pick mm-hmm. your, pick your flavor. So I would just do your research on um, 
off-leash dog training near me, Google search, or balance mm-hmm. balance dog trainer. Because uh, balance, I don't like really using the word because it's kind of tainted. But like balance training means that you're not one-dimensional. You're not purely positive. That means that you have other things in your toolbox that you can use to help a dog if okay. the way that you're training doesn't respond well. And there's a lot okay. of people who have that. Like if you're purely this that that means you only do this that's that's okay. that's what you do there's no so balance means typically you 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 have a combination of multiple different abilities and tools and and assets to help you know most dogs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay and then do you like i think i saw on your site that you guys do board and train Are there any any situations where you wouldn't recommend that or would yeah, I think it's a great question. Again, I think, um, you know, I've told, I've been in situations where I'm like, no, this isn't good, or yes, this is good. In your case, I think it would be good if you found somebody that can do, like, if you were to say, hey, Tom, I'm down the road, would Baines be a, yes, because bring them in. You guys are busy, you know, being parents. And um, I say, let me get the e collar done so he knows it, he understands it. Let's spend a couple hours conditioning it so you guys know how to do it. So yeah. it kind of gets all that groundwork out of the way. And it also creates, it also gets that confusion out of the way. How do I start it? How do I turn yeah. it on? Do I go up? Do I go down? What level's good? We get all that out of the way for you. And then when okay. you come to pick up, we say, hey, here's where your dog's at. Here's what you need to do. Um, okay. But that's from what I'm learning, you know, from as many, you know, people that I work with sometimes. It's like not everybody does things that way. So yeah. just, you know, like I said, read reviews. You get. Yeah. 200, 200 five-star reviews, probably a good uh, service. You get a couple mm-hmm. couple wackos in there, and yeah. that, that's life. You know, read between the lines. But, you know, just, you know, ask your community and say, hey. But I just be would be cautious about – so I guess the most important thing is, is like where what should you what should you maybe turn away from? Mm-hmm. Is anybody that says you don't need an e-collar to train that way? Because you're right, you don't. But in a situation where your dog may go after another dog and their lives depend on it, you want right. to make sure that you can really get to your dog to make sure that right. nobody gets hurt. Right. So. And that's avoiding the situation and trying to correct that before we get too yeah. far where less and less out of our control. Yep. Because typically how it goes is, no, let's use treats in a long line. So they get the long mm-hmm. line out. They don't, they don't put the dog in a situation where it's a murderous type of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. prey driven pack driven thing they say look you don't and you go wow this that you're right it's great i don't have to invest into the collar i don't have to do a lot of training it's recall with food any dog will do that any cat will mm-hmm. do that right yeah <laughs> right you get enough hay or straw or whatever you, you know the livestock eats they, they will do that too but it's yeah. like what happens when they're in this exact situation that you're actually working with because i can mm-hmm. guarantee you 100 percent that that dog will not come back if he's in that state of mind unless you can go in there and say, hey, remember me? Yeah. Um, so yeah. just just that's because you're going to find that. I mean, that's just that's how the market is. Yeah, definitely. So just be aware of that because because there is you can certainly do that and that will work as long as there's nothing else going on that will work. But I want you to make sure there's already things going on that we need to. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. I guess any other suggestions about i mean still feeding him separately right yeah just it um yeah i would not really like guarding toys or it's just food guarded the baby i will say that like when we first brought her home he was like nobody's going near her so 
yeah, I think that that's where your obedience comes in. Go to your place. Yeah. This isn't your job. Thank you, though, for offering, but go to your place, right? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and just being conscious of the food bowls that are down and all that stuff. I think you're already playing that role. But I think off-leash advanced obedience will definitely help you really navigate through the situation um, with less stress because you're like, hey, yeah. do this, and you're not like, please, please, do this, do this, do this, do this. It's like, hey, go to your place. Go. Okay, yeah. fine. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think obedience is going to play a big role, but I think everything else is going good. Being proactive, feeding everybody in separate locations or him in separate locations and making mm -hmm. sure all the food is up and you're being, you know, just uh, vigilant about that. Yeah. And that's all you can really do. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, that sounds great. Cool. Anything else to ask? About? Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I so appreciate your time. This was incredibly helpful. Sure. No problem. It was nice to meet you guys and uh, yeah. good luck. So lots of good information in this podcast. I appreciate you guys listening. But before you go, yes, before you, yes, you listening, before you go, if you haven't yet, do me a solid, solid favor. I would appreciate it more than you would know. Spend 30 seconds going on whatever you're listening to this to and review this podcast. Say something funny. Give me an emoji. Whatever you need to do. It doesn't have to be lengthy. It doesn't have to take up too much of your valuable time. Just do me a favor with supporting the podcast by just leaving a review. I would appreciate it very much. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, it's Monday here, so it's uh, it's one of my favorite days of the week, if not the most favoritist day of the week. I absolutely love it. I hope you guys are grinding, hustling, uh, pursuing your passion and uh, never taking no for an answer. I will talk to you guys next time. Peace.